Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Rick and Morty, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and welcome to our panel discussion this week for the Whirly Durly Conspiracy, this week's episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, we are the place to be, one of the places to be for Rick and Morty podcasts. You can check us out at overlyanimated.com or search for Overly Animated Rick and Morty podcasts on iTunes and subscribe to our Rick and Morty specific iTunes feed or our main iTunes feed as well. Thank you guys very much for listening to our recap podcast, which is getting good traction. Um, you can check that out if you haven't, but it is not required to listen to this panel discussion uh, for the Whirly Dirly Conspiracy. Of course, we have two podcasts a week for Rick and Morty, so stick with us and subscribe for all of your Rick and Morty podcasting needs. Uh, but let's meet... Uh, this is our panel discussion where we have panelists answer questions, and they'll be graded arbitrarily, basically, and uh, we will determine a winner. So let's meet our panelists here uh, for today's uh, panel discussion. First is our defending champion. Uh, here's Andy Potter. Andy, hi. What uh, briefly did you think of this episode of Rick and Morty? Uh, first off, I want like a bell to ring, like ding ding, like I'm here. I'm you, here. You could have you could have brought that prop. I I I didn't I didn't think of it until right then when you introduced me in that way. But um, it's too late now. But anyways, I think this episode was it was. <laughs> I'll start off by saying I still liked it. It was a fun episode. It was Rick and Morty, but it was lower quality than I was expecting from this show in season three. I'll say that much. Okay. And okay. I was a little disappointed. Okay. Uh, we'll get more into Andy's opinions later on our panel. Our next panelist is Alex Bonilla. Alex, uh, hello. What did you think of this week's episode briefly? Uh, hola. Um, I was also disappointed, but only that they didn't say whirly durly as much as I wanted them to because it's a really fun <laughs> thing to say whirly dirly whirly dirly whirly dirly okay you got three in let's see how many more times alex will say whirly dirly the rest of this panel um uh, at home count. will it gain or lose in points uh, to be determined okay um, <laughs> and last new panelists joining us today and uh, newly caught up on rick and morty we have brit griffin brit uh, hi what did you think of this episode of rick and morty this was like my favorite episode so far so fuck all y'all <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes. I, I like it. Bringing, <laughs> bringing these strong opinions here <laughs> on the episode. That will, that is, I, th- I feel like Brit is the hang of this already. <laughs> this is, that's a good way to get points. Okay. Um, let's, uh, get right into things and, uh, let's start by grading this episode. What is your grade on a scale of A to F arbitrarily on whatever system you want to rank it on, um, for this episode? Andy, defending champ, you're up first. Okay, so before I say my grade exactly, I think it's important to say see this in context. I gave Rick Manson the Stone a B plus. I gave Vindicators a C, and I'm giving this episode a D plus. It was a definite definite downgrade, I think, in quality. It was like you'll see as we go through this, Dylan. I think you'll see, especially as the judge, that there's not a lot of options for all these questions. There just aren't. There's just not a ton of gags. There's not a ton of minor characters that are interesting and fun. There's not a just not a, there's and the plot is just really rushed and just shoved out the door in a lot of places. There's a lot of really cool concepts that I really wish they'd explored. I really wish they explored the immortality field a lot more because it was essentially Westworld. And it was a, and I thought they were going to make a lot of jokes in like making fun of Westworld in some ways, but they didn't really touch on that even. And that was just kind of like the trend for this episode. There's a lot of cool gags that they just didn't explore in a way that was satisfying or really fun sometimes. Okay, okay. Strong, strong opinions there. Okay, let's go to Britt next. Britt, what is your grade for this episode and why? 
I'm going to give it an A minus just because I'm going to save the A plus for like the best episode ever. And we're only in like season three. So, you know, Ooh. you got to give you got to give room to grow. Uh, best episode ever only. That's, I like, I, I do like strong grading scales. There are, you like, can't, don't give out a 10 ever out of 10. You know? I don't, I don't, I don't give out a 10 unless it deserves a 10. And, okay, and yeah, and so that's, that's, we're not yet to 10. That's, yeah, not But yet it's still 10. my favorite. Just because it's my favorite doesn't mean I think it's the best. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I um, appreciate that. I thought that this was a more serious episode, which I know this is a comedy show, but I like when comedies go serious. Like the last like two episodes between this one, the end of season two. Oh, I really liked the end of season two, where he's in jail and I and Chanel's was play. That was that was hella fine. Oh, that was the best. I almost cried. <clears throat> um, but yeah, this one had like a lot of short gags, and when I was rewatching it, I like I caught some of them. Like Jerry's humor is very like it's almost missable. Like when he's getting sucked into the hands dry, and he's like, "My hands are dry." he's so ridiculous and sad but he's also like funny and i just enjoyed like the exploration of like his character that we sort of seen on the sidelines and now he's like his effect on other people is like coming into fruition yeah fruition yeah okay good yeah it's a well-supported thing yeah i don't don't know if we highlighted that uh jerry hand hand dryer line on the the recap there there are a couple of jerry hand dryer line there was yeah, we'll, the, we'll get to other ones, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll save, yeah, we'll save it for the, the lines one. Okay. The gags were smaller, and they weren't as... There was a lot of less slapstick humor in this one. Mm. Okay, that's an interesting way of putting it. Okay, we'll explore that more later. Um, Alex, uh, what is your grade for this episode? I ended up giving it a solid B. I, I think I side more with Britt here. The, it is. It felt more like a good balance between a plot character and humor compared to previous episodes. Uh, I think the Rick Jerry interaction is pretty great all the way through. The the Rick takedown of Jerry in the in the middle of the episode that's like the peak right there, and just very very enthralling to just watch all that go down. the The B plot wasn't the best, but still, I think season three has done a good job when it decides to use B plots to make them have them have a use pretty good gags and uh, morty pretty much saves the b plot here by being pretty awesome it's just uh, i guess filling the rick role as it were so yeah overall i was entertained all the way through it was definitely an improvement from uh, from vindicators from last week for me uh, i i enjoyed it so a solid b for me nice okay uh fives for all of you these are all good answers um i mean i my personal opinion the episode irrelevant on uh on this one, I think these are all well-supported uh, responses. Um, by the way, we're grading out of five for each question. <laughs> um, and also, just to note, Britt was, uh, was, uh, did not have as much prep time as the others for this, so give her some some leeway on the grading. Um, also, jo- uh, I did forgot to say this meeting. John out for a few weeks, and April had to drop out last minute, so that's why uh, they're not here. So um, let's get to our next question here, which is, who is the MVP of the episode? Which character... Um, do you think, uh, however you quantify MVP, uh, we definitely know sports writers have largely different opinions here. So, um, Alex, uh, who's your MVP character? I think, I know I probably used him like in three different panels, but I'm going Morty here again. Just because <laughs> like in, in the A plot, Rick, Jerry, and Risotto all have important uh, roles to play. And I think they all contribute well, but in the B plot, I feel like Beth and Summer were very la- lacking and Ethan also as well didn't 
do much for me. But Morty saved that B plot and kept it uh, kept it funny and hilarious. It show, showed his uh, further development of just being effing tired of everything. Uh, talking about how he tricked Rick into doing his bidding, so just showing that he's becoming more and more self aware, able to see past Beth's motives. And he's also had a couple of good lines, like when uh, Summer has left, he's like, damn it, she's gone. So just, uh, I think he saved that half of the episode, so he was more valuable than the characters in the A plot to me. Okay. Um, we'll see how that pays off in the scoring, Bowen with Morty again after it got a, like very low grades last week. We'll see. Um, Britt, uh, who is your MVP of the episode? <sighs> I'm going to go with Morty also. He was just real strong in the B plot, which I felt was more like hysterical in the general, in the literal definition of being hysterical, that it was funny, but also just emotionally tangent. Like, I kind of like when characters do like weird things for weird reasons, like the, being emotionally dysfunctional and having like emotional reactions to things that aren't logically thought out like in this episode that was fun i liked the <laughs> i like the scene at the end where he's like sitting with the campfire with the s'more and he's looking at uh summer's ex and he's like your s'more's on fire and he's very ominous like you better get your shit together or we're gonna fuck you up we have monsters <laughs> Yeah. We literally make people into monsters, and I liked the the vague Attack on Titan reference that <laughs> she's beating up trees. Okay, she's a good nice, mom. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I I just want to say I think the word she's looking for is unhinged, and that's a bit is. different. And that's a bit different from how we've seen Morty in the in the past couple of episodes. It's been more of a resigned Morty, just like uh, I'm tired of this, but here's I'm tired of this, and he just lets everything go. So I he's, think that's what he's helps more him in to control. Be. He's more like I know it sounds weird, but he's within. Unhinged, but he's like can like, think of how we should do situations rather than just yeah, like, like let everything go to disaster. He's, he's increasingly competent in these episodes. This exactly, season. I enjoy that. I feel like it's like him like growing up as a person. You become more competent. How old is he? Like thirteen, twelve? I think he's 14. an age fourteen. I don't know, but you know, I did dumb shit at fourteen and grew out of it so hopefully he will too so falling out your parents at 14 we all do that right it's true yeah a lot of talk i think that is our standout scene with morty in this episode a lot of talk about that some people pissed at morty for um disfiguring ethan uh kind of unpromptedly and then a lot of people are like yeah morty you you do it so um some polarizing direction there i agree that's a, a standout scene for morty here andy who are you going with with your mvp of the episode i i'm going with a character that i don't like but I think did carry the A plot, which is Jerry. I don't think he's necessarily a person that I like, but he is the reason the A plot works. Without any other character there, it wouldn't. It, that the A plot just wouldn't work without Jerry. It just wouldn't. Jerry's just stupid enough for this plot to happen, for the worldly Durley to be important, and for just this perfect thing of like Jerry's the perfect character to just kill over and over and over again because every time he died, it was hilarious. And I I just loved it because and and watching him like see Rick and that other guy that that he fought die was just incredible because he just he's freaking out. And I just love that. And then following that, he got the moment to be like above Rick when he got really stupid. And he immediately and I mean, immediately transitioned back to being submissive as soon as Rick got his intelligence back. Like 
he just is so worthless. He is so meek and pitiful that it just somehow makes this work because everybody in the universe the first time they meet him realize that he's pitiful like um risotto groupon figured out that jerry was just useless the second he saw him and it's like okay you're good enough to convince rick to get on the world early and that's it that's all you're good for and he just kind of works like that he is i guess the best way to put it is he is the vehicle for the plot this entire episode and i guess that that's enough for me to say he was the MVP because the episode just wouldn't work without him being there. And I think I'll get into more of Jerry later when we talk about him, but yeah. I'm trying to not retread on what I'm going to say later, but I think he does carry the plot in the A plot. Yeah, we have, we have definitely have more Jerry later. And then we got feedback on our treatment of Jerry in the first podcast. So we'll get to all that later. Um, yeah. I t- the treatment of Jerry. Oh yeah. We'll see. You'll see. Um, we got, uh, the MVP is Jerry. I mean, come on. Andy gets five points here. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I'll, I'll just say that Jerry is, if we're using sports analogies, Jerry is the running back, but he needs the offensive lineman in a Rick and Risotto. Whereas over in the B plot, Morty is the quarterback. He he's the leader of that plot. So th- I'm just saying, and M- quarterbacks win MVPs, running backs don't. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm not buying that. Uh, sell on everything. Oh, you, you sell on everything. You say. Yay, sports run down the field, oh, painted with lines in tight pants. Do the thing. Throw I, guess, the ball. I guess that's sports. Yeah, thanks for making my point sound more ridiculous, Britt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is a game show. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you get one point. Why did you think the Morty answer would work again after last week? That's no. He started four times in a row. Yeah. Alex has done every title. Come on, come Morty on. is awesome this season. I agree they, more. They this was a, this so was a good much. Morty episode, but you have to understand that this is some weird shell game where you. This is not. I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm looking for whatever I'm looking for. Okay. You, I don't care. I'm going with what's right. Okay. Uh, defend maintaining his honor, um, even to the losing panelist point. Okay. Um, but well, no, there's more time to come back. And Britt gets uh, three points. Um, I think it's, it was a well-supported answer. Britt Brit does not have the context to know that repeating answers does not work well, but um, still gets three points. This is not a repeating answer for me. This is the first time I've ever answered anything. Yes, but so. yeah, you repeated. I want my five points. You repeated, Al, you repeated <laughs> Alex's answer. That's what I mean. Uh, you, Alex said more than you said more. But um, also, you also uh, first time. So um, I, Alex has less excuses here. So uh, let's, let's move on to our, third, our uh, next question. Looking for potentially quicker answers here. Lightning round. Uh, what is the funniest line of the episode? Um, as always, a lot of contenders. Britt, oh, what do you got for this one? Move on. Do you like amusement parks? Wow, you move on fast. <laughs> like, your whole family was taken from you. You're dead. Do you like amusement parks? And Jerry is just like, what? <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, Jerry's very subversive in the, in the way that he's funny. Like, you have to think about it. Or not think about it, but it takes you. Are you, calling, okay, anyways, are you calling Jerry smart? Is that is that what you're doing? Chris? He's not smart. He's just different. Like you have like your brain. I feel like that's thinks. I feel like it's a very hot take. You're, you're kind of calling Jerry smart here. Intelligence is relevant. Mm, yeah. Or not relevant. Uh, relative. Relative. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I don't know if the ability to quip is related to intelligence, but he does respond quickly to things. Okay, yeah, that's true. I feel like everyone in this show probably responds quickly, but yeah. Well, but quickly. Yes, that is true. Not well, but quickly. Okay, yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah, All definitely right. fast-paced. Episode. Okay, good choice there, Britt. Um, Andy, what's your line of the episode? Uh, it's when uh, Summer's in the garage and she says, what do you have in common with that with Trisha Lang? A mutual love of French cinema, the belief that a carbon tax is the only viable solution to climate change, or could it be her massive stripper titties? I just, that is, <laughs> I, really I love that line so much. Just, 
I've I've watched that scene like two or three times because just the delivery of Summer saying that line is the funniest thing ever. Because immediately after that, she also says "booya." It's just this like <laughs> perfect like cross section of Summer's character in like thirty seconds, and I love it. Okay, yeah, uh, definitely a good choice there. I, I noted that on the recap podcast. Alex, what's your line of the episode? Rick and Jerry adventure. Rick and Jerry episode. Just the way his voice rises at the end, it's a nice callback to the pilot. And honestly, I think we need more fourth wall breaking. That was something that I enjoyed in the first two seasons. We've got, I feel like we've gotten very little this season. So like just from the, when I saw that in the teaser last week, that <laughs> gave me a big smile on my face. And even this, this week with the full episode, it still stands out to me. Just like it puts you in the tone for, for the rest of the episode. And it, it's great. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's an interesting choice. I didn't consider that one, but uh, definitely the most quoted, I feel like, from that we've done from the episode. Um, I like that answer, Alex. Original, I'll give that five points. Um, Andy, I, I think this is correct. As I said on the recap podcast, I love that line as well. I think that's like definitely a top three round of the episode, but only four points because I said on the recap podcast that it was great. And um, I want to discourage parroting my opinion, even though you won last week because you parroted my opinion. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Brick gets four points as well. That was, that was a good, interesting choice there too. Um, so all good scores um, here. Yes. Yeah. And j- just before we move on, there's one thing that stood out, but I couldn't figure out if it was line or gag. But in the middle of the speech that Rick gives to Jerry, just telling him why, why he's wrong that he stole his family and all. Yeah. Rick says she had options and the monster just goes, oof. <laughs> just like that little contribution <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> like it was like that, that got a big laugh out of me, but like it's one word. So I can't call it a line. Mm. That, that could have succeeded if you chose that one. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a good point though. Yeah. I wouldn't want to give it. It was like right between line and gag. Uh, uh yeah i agree with that it's the distinction is done and yeah six points we'll see if someone ever gets six points um <laughs> we'll, we'll see okay Phil, let's do favorite gag here i'm looking for more of a general concept than a specific line more open-ended um alex what's your favorite gag of the episode uh it's probably an easy answer but vagina guy <laughs> just the fact that when, <laughs> when he brings he brings it up first risotto like ignores it runs by it completely so it makes it funnier that he like actually remembers to bring it up over and over and over again throughout the entire episode like even in serious moments where like jerry's trying to be brave it's like get away from me vagina guy <laughs> it just like it, it takes away any credibility jerry has and it's hilarious <laughs> jerry being the vagina guy okay strong choice there uh, Britt, do you have a favorite gag of the episode? My favorite gag of the episode was people, like, randomly dying and then coming back and, like, the little kids running around the casino and, like, shooting each other with a gun and then she pops up every time. And then she actually dies at the end. That was kind of sad. But then, like, when they're going through the really dirty and it's, like, the the field breaks and you, like, hear people just, like, dying all over the place. Brit, Brit, a fan of I don't know, uh, people uh, dying randomly and coming back. Yeah, it's not consequences. A fan of dying, Brit is. Hmm, I don't know about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, just the immortality field in general. I feel like is what you're trying to say. Definitely, definitely a, g- yes. a good choice for the for the favorite guy. Yeah, I think yes. I think when the the sister gets shot, um, for real, I, that's like I, I said this on the recap podcast. That was my funniest uh, moment of the episode. I, I love that. Um, Andy, favorite gag of the episode. Uh, I think this takes a little explanation. I really like that's that's never a good Gene. start. Let's let's start there. That's not. Ne- yeah, okay, I know. Continue. I know. I know it isn't. Billy, <laughs> but maybe maybe it's a really good gag that requires context. Okay, continue. No, no, no. I, I have a little more explanation for why I think it's a gag more than just a moment. Okay. That's all. And I think that I'm, I'm talking about the moment with Gene with them and Morty like yells at him and Gene walks off. I find that whole interaction so funny because it gives the impression that there's this gag going on off screen that Gene constantly comes over like. 
is everything okay? Like, it gives the impression that Morty said this before to Gene. Like, Gene has had to be, like, pushed away from their family arguments before. And I like that, I like that impression in my head. I like that a lot. That Gene is constantly butting into their family. Uh, I don't think it makes it any funnier if it, that he's constantly coming in or this is just a first-time thing. I, I think, no, I, I buy Andy's explanation. I think it's very funny that uh, this is, like, an established character, but we don't, in their world, but we don't know about him. Um, yeah. He's like their Flanders. Yeah, but, yeah but we've, exactly. But we've never seen him. So I, I think that's I think that's a good choice. I do think that's a gag with the, the concept of this character who we haven't seen before, but is um, just, like, getting a shot on. Um, yeah, that's an unconventional choice. I like that. Five points. Five points to birth. The immortality field is a great answer as well. And then, um, yeah, the Jerry Vagina also five points. These are all these are all good answers. I think I also would have accepted the Dumrick gag. I think that was a good one as well. Um, definitely could have. Uh, definitely one of the oh. the. I don't know, kind of more of like a general concept. Uh, but yeah. Would you have accepted the tiny people in the machine gag again? Uh, I, I personally didn't find that that funny, but I, that was definitely a gag of the episode for sure. Um, but other people have said they found that funny, so uh, your mileage may vary on that. Okay, let's continue to favorite minor character um, from the episode. Any character. There's a bunch of random people. There are the Morphizer guys. That's that's a potential answer, and a bunch of others. Uh, Gene, that would be a, a potential answer. Uh, Britt, what, who's your favorite minor character? My favorite minor character was the dupe with three trunks, including two coming out of his eyeballs. <laughs> triple trunk. Your tri- trunks, I triple think. Trunk. Triple trunks, yeah. Why'd you like him? He's ridiculous. He's three trunks. He could drink three beers at once. That would be so handy. Are you, are you jealous <laughs> of his three trunks? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I was. Okay. I, I like that. I wasn't expecting it. It was not a deep answer, but it is there. Okay. No, I was. I like the triple trunks. Okay. Um, Andy, who's your? what's your favorite minor character? I think mine was Risotto Groupon purely on the fact that his name is completely absurd like there weren't a lot of like there weren't a ton of minor characters in this episode but he had one of the larger parts and he was just his name how did they come up with this name it's so stupid like its name its name is just completely absurd and i love it and then he actually gets to like um mind mind meld with um rick and jerry and then then rick just immediately kills him like while he's in this moment of introspection and it was uh (laughs) i liked i liked his role in the episode it's pretty funny uh okay yeah risotto group on definitely our most prominent a minor character strong choice here alex who's your favorite minor character uh, I quite enjoyed the more Pfizer call center people. Now, disclosure: I ha- I have worked in a mm. call center before, so that's my that's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like that, them t- taking their job very seriously and talking that through, and then it just ends with "We're free." And also, I think the stinger, like not the getting caught by the bird part, like that that final ending is weak, but just them like talking about work and like comp- making fun of Ethan using their work terminology. Like that's that speaks to me as just like a guy who's been who was stuck in the office works work life for a little bit. So yeah, I enjoyed their role here. They're purely humorous, totally ridiculous, but they were in for just the amount the right amount of time. Uh, you should tell your Valentine's Day story. Oh yeah, well I I, I worked with one eight hundred flowers dot com during the Valentine's Day season a couple of years ago. Lots of oh, people no. screaming. That awful. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, the day after isn't fun, especially when you have to talk about UPS failing to bring your ex girlfriend flowers or something. So you, you say you were more busy then than the more Pfizer guys who were just sitting there, probably for like millennia. In that thing. Yeah, no, no, like that—that's the ideal life of a call center employee <laughs> to talk someone through, only to make your life easier. In this case, letting you free. 
Yeah, I feel like Alex related to that. Okay, yeah, I love. I personally, I didn't find them that funny, but I love connecting it to uh, like a personal uh, life experience. So five points for that on Alex. Um, Britt, I love Triple Trunks as well. Five points. That was a great choice. And then Andy, three points. I, I don't think the name is enough justification. I feel like your answer was too reliant upon Rosetto Group on having a great name. Although Ruz, it is a really great name. So um, yeah. I'm going to give three points there. Um, and the, uh, just uh, like on Rizzuto Groupon, one thing I want to mention, like I think his character is pr- isn't that strong to me, but the voice work by Clancy Brown, I feel like they o- he's always used for like people that on their own wouldn't be that interesting, but like his voice just adds gravitas to every character he voices. So I think he makes that character work and be more threatening than he would be, say, voiced by a random generic voice actor. Yeah, I agree. Just just my two cents. Clancy there, Brown is so. very good. Yeah, in in that in that role, I agree. Um, okay, after our opening rounds, we have a very close race. Andy 22, Britt 22, Alex 21. Uh, made up some ground on Andy in that last round. Um, okay, let's go to uh, potentially longer form answers here on our our out-of-bounds question. Um, how did you think Jerry's character was handled this episode? Um, and also, we seemingly revert to the same dynamic we had in the beginning of the season. So what do you think his future is like on the show? We finally got our Jerry episode. Um, are things changed now? And did you like how Jerry was used here? Um, let's start with Andy. So I think this is a perfect example of how you can do character. You can do a character episode in a different way than usual, because when you have a character episode, you usually have progression. You usually have a change in the character. Like you have a ton of episodes of Avatar with Zuko, where you have these really interesting, like deep dives into his character and what he would do in, in, in situations. And here we do a similar thing where we deep dive into Jerry's mindset and what he would do in certain situations. And we see that what's on the surface is what there is. He's not going to change. Jerry isn't going to change. And there is some interesting stuff there when you watch an episode about a character that is really staunch in their beliefs or staunch in like how they act and they don't change. And it can be done well. And I think that's one of the stronger parts of this episode, the way they handle Jerry and they show that he wants to change, and he thinks he knows the way to change, but he clearly is not changing. He's clearly just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I think Rick's assessment of Jerry when he's inside that weird caterpillar thing is a little bit... It was a snake. I thought it was... It's a weird alien I mean, thing. It's an, it's it's an alien thing Jerry. regardless, but yeah, more of a snake. Yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, Rick's, Rick's assessment of Jerry there was a little harsh, and I think there were some things that were a little went a little further than I think were necessary. But I think there was a grain of truth there in that he is he wallows in his own pity and he wants people to pity him. So he, he seems to not thrive, but that seems to be his equilibrium. He likes that. He likes living in that. and Or not likes it, but that's his norm and he's used to it. And I think it's interesting seeing it from this perspective. And I really don't think that Jerry is going to change. I think we're going to have him be wallowing in this motel until someone else picks him up and he's just gonna be the same pitiful creature but in maybe a job like someone will be like hey you're good at doing insert really crappy job here like and that's all i really expect from jerry now i don't think they're gonna go into exploring how he changes because they've already shown morty beth and some are changing so they clearly don't want to bother with jerry changing Mm, okay this is a long thought out answer um Alex, any reactions to that, and what's your take on this question? Yeah, I, for the most part, agree. I think this episode very clearly wanted you to get the idea that Jerry only is willing to go along with things that are to his benefit, but only if it requires little effort from him. And he just as easily changes his mind when things go south. 
So when you when you live like that, you never get you you can never move forward because obviously things are going to require effort effort from you. He right now he lives in a motel. He he probably ha- is receiving checks that aren't being eaten by wolves. I would hope. <laughs> so he can he can use those savings in a better way than how he's doing it right now. I feel. And also that line from Risotto near the end, where like Jerry's like, "I'm trying to be brave, but you're not risking anything." And that's all always been Jerry's thing. He he only does things when it, there's no risk. Also, like that that a little moment where he's like making fun of dumb Rick, uh, development developmentally challenged. He has no way to defend himself. That's when Jerry feels strong when he can like you know he has nothing to respond back to. So, like, to me, this leaves Jerry in the same place because I think we've seen that in other episodes. Just here, it's more magnified. And I think that it, it'll just, the show will just pe- pass by on him floating around and picking up on his motel life. Maybe he, like, tries to fight the loser sounds and, fa- and fails like, just because he doesn't have really the self-motivation to go through with it. But then he'll like luck his way into something good, like maybe getting back into the family via ridiculous circumstances where Rick needs him to re- to return to the family. But on his own, Jerry isn't going to do it. I just this episode, along with previous episodes, uh, just doesn't give me any faith in him being able to improve at his current uh, pace. Apparently, this is like a motivational Jerry clinic going on here. We're all trying to <laughs> trying to get Jerry back on the right path. I don't think we're bringing back the loser wind, but um, I, I like the reference there. Um, okay, similar similar answer. Britt, what's your take on Jerry overall in this episode? I think it was the greatest, the biggest view we had of his character and in its entirety. Like we saw all the facets of his personality. And you sort of start to think and see what he did to his family sort of just by being a coward who thinks very highly of himself. He's very self-important, but he also is not confident and he is kind of lazy and doesn't really do anything to change. Like he has an advertising degree, but he's really not trying very hard to get into advertising. Like he just wants to be handed things and not work very hard, which is kind of what Rick does. But Rick is intelligent, so he's fine, whereas Jerry's stupid, so it doesn't work out. And it's an interesting dichotomy between the two men who want to be heads of the family and what they think best is for Beth, whereas they're not really letting Beth choose whether or not we choose outright without someone trying to sabotage the marriage or Jerry just trying to like pull the wool over her eyes that everything's fine to make that decision whether or not the marriage should continue where she wants to work on it. And if you've looked back, Jerry has tried to like help their marriage before he sent them to a clinic that has a 100% success rate, and it still didn't fix <laughs> things. So, do you accept that things are broken and let them like go off in their own life, and maybe Jerry will make something of himself now that he's not using Beth as a crutch, or the other members of his family as a crutch yeah. for his own insecurities or is he just gonna live in a motel and wash his underwear in the sink and eat pot pies <laughs> for dinner for the next like 50 years and then die Bro, that's, and that's two people show up to his funeral <laughs> so it's really interesting because you're sort of at like a crossroads for his life and as a character is he gonna change is he not and honestly i don't know like with this show it could go either way they could either like pull that out and have him not change at all and just show that 
without work or what have you, effort, bravery. You have to risk something to get something. So is Jerry going to risk anything? Or is he just going to be a coward for the next 50 years marching his underwear in the sink? You're you're very generous with how long Jerry's going to live. Can I just say that? He's like already like 50 <laughs> That's your takeaway from that? Okay, I feel like they're... 50? What are you talking about? Summer is like 17. And they got pregnant at 17. So 17 plus 17 is like what? Yeah, I guess Jerry, I okay. guess Jerry, I guess Jerry is only mid-30s. Yeah, it's true. I guess he's like right. mid thirties, yeah, maybe late thirties. So I, like, I guess it seems like a really long time in my head. I guess. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, you know, mid seventies, eighties. Yeah, he's not okay. terribly unhealthy. That's, that's actually... Sorry, yeah. sorry. That Anyways, is... this is not important, yeah. but you know. Yeah, no, that was a good, good. Yeah, very good answer there, Britt. I think the yeah. dichotomy between Jerry and Rick is very is an interesting topic. They're sort of equal opposites. You know, I, I mean? actually really want to see Rick if ever be in a situation like jerry where he's below somebody because that would be really interesting to see how rick reacts to being like below somebody that's a topic for another time well below how because like intellectually he has the ability to really get past anyone who's ahead of him that's the thing jerry doesn't have those uh, qualities yeah but that's but that's the point like i want them to like that's the sort like rick is like the source of rick's power is his intelligence right like as a character he uses that but I guess to, you just want like a contrast, right, between how yeah. Jer- Jerry handles this and how Rick would handle it. Yeah, I want somehow to see how they handle it in contrast, like you said. That'd be interesting, but I'm not sure how they would do it. Mm-hmm. Better writers than me would probably figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody will figure it good, out. Good discussion yeah. all around there. Um, I think we all kind of seemingly Brit left it more open ended, but uh, hinting that um, Jerry will not really change as a result of this, which I think is interesting. I think that's probably what the show is suggesting. Um, yeah, gonna be interesting to see how his role will potentially adjust. Jerry's not gonna not change because he can't change. He's not gonna change because he's not gonna put on effort and doesn't want to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think this is like a, uh, there's, there's a lot of Jerry defenders, uh, coming out of the woodwork after our latest recap podcast, but, um, mm-hmm. I definitely think we can potentially all agree that Jerry's not, um, there are people the, who defend Jerry. Oh, we'll get like, to them. Yeah, people. Well, the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, potentially like, the problem is like want... the, the effort. I think we can all agree that um, it's it's Rick is Jerry's probably not uh, going to be go, like being a go getter and trying to improve his life now. No, and actually... if you want to make a defense of Jerry, like he is supposedly like the representation of the everyman in this like ridiculous world. So, and uh, like a normal person, there are stretches in your life where you hit rock bottom. And at that point is where you have nothing to lose. So yeah, Jerry sure. right right now is in a situation where like in a normal situation, like maybe right now you're, you are self-pitying like Jerry, but there is a way out. And Jerry is actually in the right position to do that, especially at that final moment where like he's sort of like, you know, I'm going to stop self-pitying myself. And he has that quick relapse of, well, I need to get into the house. So it's not, it's obviously not going to be sudden, but I do think that if, there is a, a way to pr- uh, progress it would be in this situation like in a, in the real world just like you have nowhere else to go nothing else to do and you think what is my life going to be in 10 15 years am i going to stay like this forever and someone who's already tasted what life is in a, like a normal family setting is not going to be happy with that so there there is a case to be made for jerry getting better if if, if outside of the show just speaking in logical terms the show however has painted it in a way that it's not going to happen 
No. But that goes back to Pickle Rick and all this stuff about the themes of, like, you have to put work in to get something back, and R- Jerry just won't put the work in. Like that's He one literally major- was going to be killed by, like, Rick. He thought that Rick was going to yeah. throw him out into space exactly. in the nude. Yeah. <laughs> the I th- that was so funny. But, like, and he had no qualms. He was not going to fight back at all. He thought he was shit and was resigned to dying, which is insane. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely a lot of good back and forth there. Um, yeah, I think, I think that these are, these are all great points about Jerry's character. I, I think the, I assume the show won't be super interested in the Jerry comeback arc. Like, uh, no. I, we're going to do something with him though. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I don't think we're going to have Jerry getting his life back together. It could be one episode. It could be like a B plot of one episode. Jerry just randomly gets his life back together and he looks into something. Yeah. Uh, five points for everyone. Yeah. That was a great discussion. Um, my points for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, he's just throwing that, out points. Brit, Brit's already got the cutthroat sense. Is like five points for me, but no, that means five points for other people. Yeah. Um, well, see, that just means he lo- he started stopped paying attention midway through our. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely zoned out. Okay. Um, too much Jerry talk. I can't handle it. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go to the. Justin doesn't think I really am Jerry. What? Yeah. Let's go to the. Uh, let's close. Start to close things out here. Get back to some quicker answers. What is the weakest? part of the episode um what did maybe what didn't succeed uh for you the most or what did you not find that funny um anything applicable here Britt, uh what do you think why is beth making a sculpture out of fucking horse holes the thing was hideous and i know they're trying to show her like being frustrated and like growing crazy because she now has like no outlet for all her ex's energy but like Horse folks. I mean, okay. Does she, can she have something other than being a veterinarian, being married mm. to Jerry, and Rick being her dad? Like, she needs something. Like, Summer has something. Summer has a lot of things, actually. Morty has something. Rick, even Jerry is, like, advertising, but has, like, something. But Beth is, like... She reflects the other characters around her. Yeah, she reflects the other characters around her, and not one of her reflections is missing, so they didn't, like give her something new they just gave her something that we've seen before so okay yeah i think yeah that think. that's really interesting the the horse uh the the hoofs the hoof sculpture i i, I quite like that part that gag but at the same time i think you turned that around into a really uh good criticism like um even though we've been getting more into beth's character this season he, she's still just two two things just the you're right the the horse surgeon and rick's daughter so um yeah a mom. yeah i could de- she, definitely see she doesn't that. even even do that many mom things like i think if they want to go the mom route, that's fine. Like, but show her like becoming like a better mom. Yeah, I guess we got some of that here, but it was also in giant reverse skin form, and we didn't really hear any about it. So, <laughs> we, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Interesting choice there. I still like that. Part, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Andy, uh, weakest part of the episode. Uh, I think the weakest part of the episode was the trippy scene. Not because I actually really like trippy scenes. I actually like enjoyed this scene as like by itself, but I think it just. There just wasn't time in this episode for this trippy scene. We were already rushing through a lot of plot, and then we just had this, like, I think it was, like, almost a minute long of just essentially nothing happening when we could have just had maybe spaced out the rest of the plot a little bit. And it it just felt like this was the wrong episode for a weird druggy trip-out scene, honestly. That's really it. Like, if like we could have stuck this into, like, Vindicators. There wasn't, like, a ton of—we didn't have to rush through Vindicators, did we? Like, we could have stuck a trippy scene there, but this one we had so many ideas, so many concepts. Why did we throw this in here, too? I just don't get it. This or the, this or the BoJack season one trippy scene. That, 
I think that actually had a purpose, but I know you don't like that episode. I mean, I don't like. I don't like. I only like that episode. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like any. I think that the trippy scene worked because it showed that like Jerry can be shown <laughs> the entirety of time, right, no, in all of this expanse, oh, oh. and still. Be I'm not work. saying that scene is bad. <laughs> I think that scene work. actually is good. I just don't think it's right for this episode because it makes you the rest of the episode a little worse by taking up time that could be used to actually fill out these plots that we have that are already mm-hmm. squished. I like mm-hmm. Britt's point there that it's like Jerry has this all laid out of in front of him and he's still he's still Jerry. So yeah. I think that I think it's <laughs> talk about having that trophy scene. <laughs> but um <laughs> Rick and Jerry got it on while also being eaten oh as a lie. That was hilarious. Is Rick X Jerry <laughs> canon? Is that what you're saying, Britt? I think so. It's canon. <laughs> Alex, what's your least favorite part of the episode? Also there was a sign there was a scene in which Rick was God, so yeah, I feel like that's the, the yep. entire show. So, all summed up in one uh, in one thing. Alex, what's your least favorite part of the episode? Well, it was definitely the, the drug trip sequence, but just to be a little different. Another thing that bothered me was that uh, I, I feel like the gore in this episode was a bit over the top. Like, compared to Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick, it was prominent to the plot, where, like, it is a parody of an action movie and all. But here, like, the uh, Jerry getting, uh, like, bloodied up by a hand dryer... Um, uh, summer tur- just turning into a muscle person. Like it, it all felt like incidental, and not not really like it. The the, it was sh- an the attack show. On Titan gag. Yeah, but I don't know. It's not it's not funny. Like it would have been this equally funny to me if it was just her as a normal person. Like I feel like here it was just to like blood for blood's sake, or, or muscle, like it didn't really add anything to me. And uh, uh, like. The joke where Lisa, Lisa, the little girl, gets like killed by that. I think that's almost even funnier if you haven't seen all the gory stuff mm-hmm. beforehand, because it, it it ends up being more impactful. But they just went a bit over the top with it to me. In a, it, this just wasn't the setting to use your your TV MA rating. I think I think that's unfair because I think Pickle Rick actually is less justifiable for the gore than this episode because honestly. Do we really need him to be like killing rats for like 45 seconds in the most gory way possible? But this episode mm-hmm. actually had like an entire gag around the idea of people dying. I think it was yeah. actually pretty justified in this episode. Yeah. I agree. I th- I th- yeah. And then uh, well, uh, the thing is that I'm thinking about what Pickle Rick is aiming for, which is a parody of action movies being very violent. So like there it serves it serves its purpose. Here I think the concept is more just like, you know, perfect world where you can't get hurt. So like that that can be transmitted without without like th- this level of uh, of destruction I feel. How? I feel like I feel How like I just repeat myself if I said it again but I yeah, think but we, I, dis- I just, we, did, I just, we disagree. Yeah, I don't agree with that personally. I think there's but yeah, I, I think, think these are both to- valid. These are both valid points. Um I, I like the take that there was just too much like gore in this episode because I kind of I didn't really connect with the roller coaster action sequence. I think it was like well animated, but I don't know what what it did in the episode. Um, so I don't like I don't know why it's there. Like I, I agree, I'd rather have it being serving some parody, but there is just an action sequence, and um, it wasn't particularly smart or funny. So it was just kind of like, okay, here's a minute of the episode. Alex gets four points for that. Um, Andy gets five points for the correct answer of the drug sequence, and then um, Brick gets three plus one for her rebuttal of the the drug sequence, which I enjoyed. So um, still still very tight here. Going into last two questions. Wh- okay, rather than rank. This at Whirly Dory Conspiracy, there have been five episodes of the season. The Whirly Dory Conspiracy is the blankth best episode of the season. It's like, is it the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth best episode of the season? Uh, Britt, what say you here? Um, 
Okay, I liked it more than Pickle Rick Romancing in the Stone. But did I like it more than the Rick Shank Redemption? Hmm. I'm going to say second or third best. Okay, okay. Second or third best. Um, Alex, what do you think? Blanked best episode. Uh, I'm going to go fourth best. Uh, I have uh, Rick Shank Redemption at like the top spot. I think uh, Rick Rick, Man- Rick Mancing the Stone and Pickle Rick and this episode are all on like a, the next tier of like really good episodes. And then you have Vindicators, which, uh, as last week I expressed, I just didn't it didn't work for me. But I think this is a very solid episode. But in the season, which overall has been pretty strong, I give it fourth. Fourth, okay. Andy, you? I I think I, if you've been paying attention, I did list all my grades, and um, this one was at the bottom. So I think this is the fifth. It's um, just when I went through each episode, this was my least favorite. I don't know what else to say. The other ones, I think all these episodes are pretty close. Even even this one, even if my grades are a little more apart, just to give some amount of like contrast between the grades, I guess. But I mean, the, most of these episodes are pretty close, except for Pickle Rick. And but we're later, one of them has to be at the bottom. That's all. And this one's it. Okay. Um, I don't know if uh, if you've been paying attention to my grades 40 minutes ago is going to sit well with the listeners. <laughs> so um, we'll no, see. we weren't. We weren't paying attention to your grades, Andy. That's that's what I'll say on that. I, uh, I, def- I, I definitely was not. So I did not. I did not remember. That's that's that's. <laughs> <laughs> still in paying attention what was, uh, was not was not uh no i actually did remember the idea. i think i think some of the listeners were if you were paying attention, attention to my grades come on no no one remembers okay um i was gonna give you five points because i agreed with you but you only got four points <laughs> I, list, I listed all my grades in a row dylan at the it, i was the very first dylan he made a list that's your favorite I do like thing lists, oh, wait, shit. but um i did not i don't know what the holy shit was for but i did not like i did not i'm not rewarding the uh the remember that time i did something really great in the beginning of the podcast yeah you should remember that um i didn't even say it was great i just said it's i did it i'm saying if you remember if he doesn't it, remember it, it it can't be that great so yeah, I, I, zero points for oh. you Ooh, Brett, what you, I, I'll get four points. I just, I needed to fit, I, I hadn't done as much shitting on the panelists, so that was what that was. Okay. Um, you just want, you just want Brit to win. That's, I want listeners to remember, Dylan just wants Brit to win. Oh, wow. Andy, you, you were in the lead, and I don't know, I'm taking a, I'm taking a point off for that. You're, you're, oh, complaining. I want everyone to remember this. Everyone listening, remember what Dylan's complaining doing. Complaining before the results are in, you were, after, you were after this round gonna be multiple points in the lead heading into the last round. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Okay. Um, Alex gets four points. Uh, Brick gets three points. Brick, you have to pick a side. You have to choose two or three. Um, but you fine. It's three. <laughs> Ooh, too late. Wait, trying to. I've never heard this scene that I really like. So it's it, it gets it gets below. I haven't that. I haven't seen this tactic before. Trying to correct your answer right after. No one's tried that. <laughs> That's bold. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I should reward that or not. But then this. <laughs> You, you didn't grade her yet. That was part of the was problem. Through. I she said, no, I said three. Yeah, she talked over it. Um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. stay at three. But that was, I like I like fixing the answer. <laughs> Keep that in mind for last time or next time. Okay. Um, and, Andy's one point in going to the last question, but I'm still still mad about the complaining about the systems. This might not hold up. Okay. Um, what is your – give me a uh, guess for next time on Rick and Morty in – Rest and Rickslaxation. We saw the preview of them freaking out of for their latest adventure. We we're gonna like uh we we're almost died like ten times there or whatever. So um that's the beginning of the episode. What could possibly be next, Alex? 
Well, they go to a spa that's uh, in Sector 5. It's supposedly the most relaxing thing in the universe. But it, the water turns them green, and they're mistaken for Gleep Glorpians and get chased by an angry mob of refugees who had their society destroyed by the Gleep Glorpians. Rick drops his portal gun in the hot swamp tub, so obviously they have to r- run through different portals to keep away from the refugees. Meanwhile, in the B-plot, Summer and the principal have a talk about her falling grades. Okay, this is so detailed. Yeah, is that the accepted tactic now, is just making shit up as, as the answer to this last question? Is that is, Bingo! That's the way to go, I guess so. Why, why the B-plot? Why, why? Well, because I just feel like we, we need B-plots. I, mm. Like, of total in this season, I think what is it based only on? What the is, Vindicators one had what a B-plot. What is that based on? Oh, well, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we had Summer in the in the Pickle Rick episode. They talked about how she was referred to the psychologist because she was huffing uh, enamel. Yeah. So I just <laughs> think that that pro- that maybe the whole Summer acting out for because of the divorce, like that's going to keep going, okay, okay. and that that might be the next step. Maybe and also the principal, all he's had is that one little poop scene in, in Pickle Rick. So I just feel like he he he's due for a return. Oh no, 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 that's a math teacher. Mm, the principal yeah, hasn't okay, showing up. Okay, principal, principal, um. Is he Principal Vagina? Principal Vagina hasn't, yeah, has not appeared this season. Yeah, no so, relation. So he, he needs a reappearance. So uh, I, I think that that's, this is a good moment to bring him back. <laughs> okay, I appreciate the correction. This was going to be a uh, Andy last episode with uh, <laughs> with a Gearhead, but uh, you got Mr. Goldenfold as the math teacher. Okay, um, okay, D- very detailed answer. Andy, uh, what's happening next episode? I think what's going to happen is they're going to come. They're going to obviously come back after this adventure where they almost die, and they're going to go back to Earth and. We're going to get, I'm not sure if there's going to be an A, B plot type thing, because some of these episodes this season have not had A, B plots, but we're going to have a couple of plot threads going about, and one of them is going to be, Morty's going to be trying to, I think we're going to have a little more of Morty in school with Jessica, and there's going to be something funny going on, and he's going to try as hard as possible to have a normal day of school, essentially, and everything's going to go wrong, and then we're going to have Beth. Beth is going to be trying as hard as possible to get Rick to take her on an adventure. That's what I think is going to happen. Beth is just going to be like, I need to do something. I need to prove myself. I want to go on an adventure with you, Dad. And Rick's just going to be like, no, I I don't want to go. Like, for the one time ever, Rick's just going to be like, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to just, like, not die one day. And I think this summer, the idea of Summer getting her grades, like, Summer's going to be doing something at school. She's going to run into Morty a couple times. And I think she's going to be a little more in the background this episode. I don't think she's going to be as much in the focus. And I think that's generally what's going to happen. There's going to be something weird that i know none of us can be able to predict that's going to happen at school but other than that i think that's the general structure of the episode i agree we've had a lot of summer recently it'd be surprising if she owned the b plot again um andy just like saying like uh alex you're making shit up like commenting on that and then you just make up your own shit so i don't know i never said i never said it was bad there's making shit up. i just <laughs> thought it was funny i didn't go into too much detail okay. about there's still like, a lot like... of detail okay um it was interesting interesting these are good takes brit um any predictions for rest and rick's laxation um okay let's make something off the top of my head because i was asked to be on this podcast about 20 minutes before we started i think next week's episode the whole family is going to go to a spa on bird person's planet because they're done with their honeymoon and tammy tanya tanya that person is having a baby and rick just wants to relax but like he can't, right? That's going to be the point. He wants to, like, go on a spa and, like, take a nap because he's old and it's not going to work. Or 
on the flip side, he wants to work, but everyone wants him to calm down and have, like, they want to have, like, a normal day, but he wants to, like, go on adventures. And he's, like, they're, like, um, we're kind of falling behind in school. We're kind of doing this, this, and this. And, like, without Jerry, like, messing everything up, like, now they can have, like, a normal functioning life and, like, family structure. And then, like, he gets bored and then messes something up and then they go on an adventure and they go to space and they almost die a bunch of times and then they go home and eat dinner and that's that's it i like uh bringing in tammy i think we need to do that yeah and an important question if tammy is pregnant is he, is she pregnant with bird person <laughs> or with phoenix person and if she's pregnant with phoenix person is he able to have sex i think the better question is why is rick going to their honeymoon tammy killed Third person. Why would he want Whoa, to go? Oh, through that's them? the part you're deconstructing of that rambling, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone else started up to get the show, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah. She's gonna be the villain. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Okay, that was literally like five seconds. Okay, that was good off the top of your head. I appreciate. That. <laughs> no, I, I, I just I, want I, bird person to come back. That's who's gonna get resurrected Phoenix next. Person. Phoenix person. Yeah, no, I agree. I need to see Tammy and bird person. Like, come on. Um, okay, I'm giving Alex five points for the random detailed answer, and then a bonus point for the commentary on Britt's answer, which I appreciated. Andy gets three points because I'm intentionally tanking his score at this point, and then Britt yep. gets uh, <laughs> Britt gets four points. That was not coherent, but impressive off the top of your head. Okay, let's t- total up the results here. Um, even though I intentionally manipulated the results, so I know what happens. We have wow. Britt and Andy tied for second place with 38 points, and Alex wins with 40 points. Woo! Alex is our champion. <laughs> Britt, that is an impressive not last place finish, uh, considering you were asked to be on this 20 minutes before. So congratulations. Andy, you ruined it. You had it. It was it was in your sights. And then you antagonized the host. What a mistake. And, uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> I like how he made Alex win just so he couldn't be accused of letting yeah, me win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all agree. <laughs> uh, partly also, to be fair, Alex's answer is really good at the end. So uh, we're, we're giving this to... I mean, he was. Yeah, we're giving Alex. I was also like much more prepared. So, Britt, I think is going to be a uh, good a good contender for future ones. But here, Alex, what do your thirty second FaceTime? What do you want to talk about here? Okay, so in the middle of this episode, like when Morty walks into uh, Beth making the sculpture, he's carrying a magazine about New England for some reason, and I just figured like Rick and Morty going to Cape Cod. Well, that would be a nice vacation place, right? And like you could have Rick making fun of the of the hipsters there with the sweaters around their necks, but also like like gobbling up the little lobster cocktails they might have at the fancy parties. Morty finds a, a hot uh, Nantucket chick to hang out with. It would just be a very nice time. And then Jerry would come and mess everything up by ask by trying to network and like get jobs from the from the rich people, and thus get Rick and Morty kicked off the island. And they continue to hate him for life. New England is a great place to please come over. Um, do you live there? The question's uh, I, over. You know that, right, Alex? We ended what? that question. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I zoned out. What, what was any of that? <laughs> I, I don't understand. There's just a really random gag where like Morty walks in with a magazine about New England. Oh, okay. Like, why was he reading about New England? Okay. Oh, so you connected it with that as an Englander? I see. Okay, I see. Okay. Oh, I assumed that was like a cover up for one of his like dirty mags. Even though he has the internet, but you never know. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah, like like Rhode Island Girls Monthly or something. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay, we're off the rails. Okay, let's just see. This is over. Alex wins. Um, thank you, uh, panelists. This was a, another good showing. Um, I have a review, iTunes review of the week here, specifically for our panel discussion, too. We very much would appreciate Yay. iTunes reviews. You can go to overlyanimated.com slash iTunes or search for Rick and Morty, uh, overly animated. 
Um, and you can also, you can give us reviews just to our Rick and Morty iTunes feed or our main feed, both appreciated. Um, this is from Slime60, who says, best R&M podcast out there. Um, he says, I actually ranked this over Interdimensional okay. RSS. The host, uh, side note, this is me <laughs> talking. Interdimensional RSS guys are great. Uh, all Rick and Morty podcasts are great. Okay, continuing Slime's review. Um, the hosts are u- uber relatable and the host's pettiness is just fucking hilarious. I keep, keep, keep the panelists, uh, it's, keep the panels. It's what me, what made me start following the channel i had to visit the overly animated website just to see what my heroes look like lljk but seriously i work overnight and i wouldn't be able to start my shift off mondays and fridays without your podcast hope you get exposure you guys deserve um signs probably your biggest fan lol slime p.s excuse the spelling and writing so the bathroom work okay thank you slime for your your very interesting review there um yeah, and bonus points for ranking podcasts. Ranking is what we do. Yeah, here. no, don't rank us. We like. No, we, we, no, we, we all love. We like the interdimensional RSS guys. Also, there's other great Rick and Morty podcasts as well. Um, so yeah, we can all coexist. And um, but uh, also, I'm in favor of saying we're the best. That's also that's also a good tactic. Um, but uh, yeah. So thank you for. Wow, that was a really wishy washy. That was a real Jerry answer. Look, I, well, they're all great, but we're we're the best. I like I'm, that you said that. But I'm, no, always, I'm always a fan of saying uh, we're the best podcast. But um, you know, <laughs> we're also. <laughs> uh, it's very political answer. Yeah, slime sixty. Thank you. Leave us iTunes reviews. We'll read it uh, either at our recap or a panel discussion. Um, the reason we need reviews like slimes on our um, Rick and Morty specific feed is because people click into it. They're like, "What's this?" Oh, it doesn't have any reviews. Maybe I won't listen. But if there's more reviews, maybe they'll listen. So. Um, thank you very much. We had multiple e- two emails this week defending Jerry in light of our recap podcast, where Michelle and oh. Delaney just shat on Jerry for an hour. It was uh, a lot. Um, so pe- <sighs> it's beautiful. People, people, it was. It was people really came to Jerry's defense here. Um, we have someone uh, nicknamed Ricky Gervais, who I assume is not the real Ricky Gervais, who. Uh, Oh, he darn. emailed us a long. <laughs> That'd be so funny if it was. I don't there. think he would uh, email us, but it's possible. I mean, he emailed a long defense of Jerry, um, it, with pointing out how he did nothing wrong in various episodes, and he says, "Stop shitting on Jerry." Um, and it was it was pretty con- it's like a nice. Guy. It was pretty convincing. There was like Jerry in, in this episode. Jerry did nothing wrong. And I think the evidence, um, okay, I'll continue with the. I did nothing good. Yeah, I'll, I'll re- Just because you do nothing wrong doesn't mean you do anything right. I'll read the second email, then I'll respond. <laughs> uh, we also had Radma, who's written in before, who says, uh, also defended Jerry. Um, he's, his general point is, why is Jerry singled out for being average? Um, and asks why we, why we, uh, hold Jerry accountable for his actions, but not the other characters. Um, and I think these are both like logical, coherent points. Um, th- we should hold the other characters accountable for their actions as but well we do. but that doesn't make jerry not that's terrible. a good response too yeah i think i think the biggest point is that jerry is supposed to be a character we're shitting on this is not like this is not just us and it's not like the lady and michelle are going out on a limb here it's that um like this is jerry's purpose in the show they're like going along with the gag so this, this would be my response <laughs> he'd be like the person you shit on in high school because he like you wanted to go to everything but he was super boring when you took him never paid for anything and drank everyone else's beer at parties that's a specific answer Brit. is this referring to specific <laughs> <clears throat> but i mean it does sound like yeah jerry. it does sound like jerry this is, it's like the uh jerry is like an archetype you know what i mean yeah he, he is he's he's and, the character you shit on archetype yeah yes alex no and, and definitely I, I think there's a defense to be made that like jerry is always being compared to all these other characters that just have their own crazy personalities and Jerry, like in a normal setting, maybe would just be an average dude. But because he's always alongside Rick or Morty, who is already mature, because of that, he looks terrible in comparison. Yeah. 
Which is the, which is the shtick. Like, we're going along with the shtick, guys. That's, the, that's the joke. Okay. Um, but also, I hate Jerry, but, um, that's, it's cause the, sh- <laughs> it's cause that's what, the, leave Jerry it's alone. Cause that's what the show does. Um, yeah. So there you go. Send your Jerry defenses <laughs> to us at podcast at overlyanimated.com. We could read your Maybe we'll maybe we'll have a if we get like a ten Jerry responses and uh, we'll have a uh, Jer- defensive Jerry mailbag. But um, until then, this is this is the extent. Uh, we'll see we'll see what more Jerry's coming, and we'll see you guys next week for rest and Rick's laxation. Uh, going to be an interesting episode, and uh, we'll see if uh, the detailed theories from these three come true. In uh, we had a nice Rick burp there, but yeah, uh, come come true with the with this episode. Uh, yeah, as so definitely subscribe to us. Keep with our Rick and Morty podcasts. Um, overlyanimated.com so you can find all of our podcast content. We're about to start BoJack Horseman podcast, by the way, um, which might be oh, applicable cool. to uh, this audience because it's another adult animated show. And we also cover a bunch of other stuff. And um, even if you're not into much other animation, generally we cover good stuff. So you can find that at overlyanimated.com. Maybe get some share recommendations. Consider supporting us on Patreon. That's like the best way to support us. iTunes, uh, one Patreon, two iTunes reviews. Best way to support us. Um, and uh, Give us your money. Yeah, basically, that's what Patreon is. Yes. Um, summary. And uh, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much for all of our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Kent, a.k.a. Kent Brockman. Um, thank you, Kent, for your support, as always. And thanks, as always, to our patron executive producers, John Reinsky, Alex, and Andy. Um, we'll be back next week with our dual Rick and Morty podcast. Just a note, might be up slightly later than normal on Monday night. Um, so uh, it'll be up for your commute on Tuesday. But, um, yeah, I wish they would air the show earlier so we could have it right after the episode, but they don't. So uh, final thoughts, anyone? Uh, Whirly dirty. Oh. <laughs> You're increasingly petty, Dylan, and people are noticing it. I was it. not petty until it, the whole podcast, until that last second. I'm going to pickle Rick. That's my last I comment, th- is that this is a, this is, pettiness should be smiled upon. This is Rick yeah, and Morty. Yeah, Andy, I don't know if complaining about the pettiness is going to help you in the future. But... Oh, no, no, no. I'm not complaining on the pettiness. I just want to point out that someone in a review said that you were oh, increasingly yeah. petty and- no, he, petty. Okay, they were in, he called all of us petty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he also enjoyed the pettiness. Yeah, the, the, so. the review, yeah, the review yeah. completely enabled me, by the way, in that, in that regard. But, yeah, I um, did. I, I can tell. You might have gotten points for the belches if they were during the discussion, because that's very in, in theme with the show. I should yeah. have, but I wasn't like gassy. Okay. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> I use that as my final thought, but then somebody kept yeah. talking. Rick, so, Rick, no, Rick, tri- Rick audio Rick. tributes might get points for in, <laughs> in future panels. Okay. Thank you guys. Let us know what you thought of this, listeners. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye. I'll miss you.